Well, greetings in the name of Jesus. This is Bishop Harry Wood with Foundational Faith Ministry. We're coming with you today with a special broadcast, and we've called this The Significance of the Christmas Tree. The Significance of the Christmas Tree. Now, you may listen to this podcast at another time, but I hope that this will be beneficial to you today. Whatever time that you listen to this, uh, The Significance of the Christmas Tree. As I think about the Christmas tree, there's several things that I want to personally mention, but I do want to just rehearse some things that we could think of. And I know that different people um, have different ideas, maybe across the world about Christmas trees and then the legacy of it and the legend of the Christmas tree and these different things. Let me just bring some things to our mind today to think about that I think that's interesting. First of all, we need to understand that it's kind of evolved where we're at today with the Christmas tree, with the acceptance of the Christmas tree, especially in the United States. Um, there was a time that it wasn't as acceptable. But as we think about the Christmas tree and how can it be significant in that of Christmas and the message of Christmas? Well, first of all, let's look at the very root of the Christmas tree, where we find that it was more prominent coming on the scene would have been somewhere in the 16th century, and that would have been definitely with uh, that of Germany, and of course we know that uh, that would have been a emphasis of Christianity, and uh, also we could even say that possibly with uh, some Lutheran background and maybe other uh, religious um denominations or movements now by the um, 16 uh, the 16th century we've also would have found that it's believed that Martin Luther uh, the reformer would have been one of the first if not the first that would have actually placed lighted candles on the Christmas tree in his home now here's where part of the issue about the Christmas tree I think comes into view is that as early as the um, fourth uh, fourth century BC, there would have been that that would have been looked at as pagan worship, and definitely with that of uh, Egypt and and ba- Egypt and and Rome uh, or the Roman Empire. And of course, we understand part of this goes back to some of the beliefs of that of what has taken place or takes place with the winter solace, uh, those kind of things. And some people believing that the sun itself is a God and those kind of things. Now, we won't go into all of this, but maybe we'll at least uh, whet your thirst uh, or your appetite to maybe give some consideration of why the Christmas tree or can we use the Christmas tree as a significance uh, for the message of Christmas. And with that thought in mind today, uh, we do understand that a lot of people looked at the evergreens and and the uh, green trees as, as life, or they used them in ritual. And even some had even believed uh, that it kept away uh, maybe um, evil spirits um, and things of this nature. We can understand the concern But there again, I want to reemphasize the significance of Christmas, the tree. Can there be a significance? 
Well, we've already saw where that uh, by the 16th century with a Christian emphasis, and also it has been uh, revealed in history that there would have been those on December the 24th that would have had Christmas trees in their house, and also there would have been the Advent season and the celebration, and there would have been a feast of Adam and Eve. Now, briefly, let's just mention that even at that time, it was very known for some to decor their Christmas tree with apples, maybe other fruit. And some believe that this could have been in reference to when man fell uh, in the Garden of Eden. And some believe that it was an apple and some believe that it's a fig or maybe some other fruit. But there again, we go back and what we want to emphasize about this feast of Adam and Eve is that it would have been in a lot of the homes, and I can see the comparison of that of Passover, how the children in Judaism would go and look for the bread, the centerpiece, which represented Jesus. And here they, in the celebration of that, of the uh, Christmas tree uh, in Germany, and that of the event or the feast of Adam and Eve, they would actually would have took the time to share the uh, the message of man falling in the garden all the way from Adam and Eve until the resurrection of Jesus. That's what we see even within Judaism that on the day of Passover or the night of Passover, how that families come together in a home and how that the Passover scriptures are shared and how the things of of the Old Testament to bring the heritage. And yes, there is that message of a coming Messiah. There is a message within that of Passover of Jesus the Lamb and the blood and the importance of it. So I want to make this reference today that I do believe that anything, anything in this world can be used for the wrong purpose, but also can we take in consideration what can bring glory to God, what truths can be, or what truths are there. So let's kind of weigh some things. I'm not here to criticize. I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to uh, to uh, offend or infringe on anybody's uh, belief system. There may be some that put up a Christmas tree and there has no religious uh, an entity to it for you. And even with that being said, in, um, I believe it was in 1993, uh, if I've got my date right, I didn't make that note, but even the Supreme Court of the United States stated that, that the Christmas tree was not necessarily a religious emblem. I know even myself that over the years that I have acquired some ornaments from work and we've placed them on the Christmas tree, and they had a significance. They were not religious in any way. They didn't bring the message of Christ. But i tell you what it did do. One was because I was in transportation with the school system. I was given a bus, a little bus, and a school bus, and I placed it on the Christmas tree. Well, you know, what it reminded me of was my children. It reminded me of my students. And over the years of 24 years, I had the opportunity to share Jesus and also 
to even pray with some of my children that I had or students over the years that I was in transportation. So even when I look at that bus today, and I don't put it on the Christmas tree anymore, I have it here in my study, my office, that when I look at it, it reminds me of many memories. It reminds me of of good times when I was in transportation working with children and even exceptional children. Well, let's move back to our thought today. When we come to the thought about the acceptance of the Christmas tree, that was that of the negativity even in the United States at first, even though by the 16th century we see a Christian uh, influence uh, or legacy that is began through that of the Germans. We find in the Massachusetts colony, we find that the pilgrims, there would have been some issues with Christmas not being kept sacred. Let's say it like this, that the second governor of the Massachusetts colony, and that would have been, of course, Governor William Bradford, he wrote uh, things attempting to try to stamp out pagan, anything that would have been pagan or mockery. The pilgrims, in all due respect, they honored and respected Christmas definitely in a way that was to represent the birth of Jesus. I know that they were being careful not to bring in cultures and things that would be belittling to the the truth or the message. And today we have that with the commercialism of Christmas. And, And maybe even if we could go and say, well, what significant does the bus have, the school bus model, little school bus emblem, have to do with Christmas itself? It doesn't. But there again, I can I can appreciate their reverence for Christmas. Matter of fact, it was so uh, it was so uh, meaningful to them to protect Christmas in the right perspective, that in 1629, the general court of Massachusetts outlawed all Christmas observances of the 25th of December, except for that of church services. Church services were allowed. Anyone that was found hanging, any decorations and things of that nature would be fined. So we've seen some things of interest that we need to take in consideration of keeping this a holy day, reverencing this as a holy day. And I remember even as a young person that I was presented with the scriptures of Jeremiah chapter number 10, of how that some talk about how that that's referenced in the Christmas tree. I'm just going to be honest with you. I really don't know. I do know that it's talking about idol worship, that it's talking about idol worship. Um, I do know, as we've mentioned previous, that in the 4th century B.C., there was those that were using the greens, they were using the evergreens, and they were using them to decor their house because of the winter and the winter solace, and and then some even to the significance of, of believing that it would keep away maybe evil spirits. Uh, I can see maybe the good and the bad in that. Um, so, but there again, let's keep with our thought. Is there a significance of the Christmas tree with the message of Christmas? Now, with that being said, I want to bring out the thought of this today. And that would be as time transitioned by 1846, Queen Victoria of England and of course her German 
Prince, uh, <laughs> Prince Albert, um, there is evidence of an actual uh, sketch that was in the Illustrated London News, and it would have been the royal family, Queen Victoria, Prince Albert, and the children standing around the Christmas tree. So by even 1846, we can see that in England, it was being more acceptable, the Christmas tree. And then, of course, we began to understand that by the late 1800s in America, it was beginning to be more acceptable for families to be having that of Christmas trees brought into their house or decored and decorated. We do understand that even by the 19th century, that the influx of German and Irish immigrants began to uh, undermine, if you want to say it that way, the the Puritan legacy. Now, I say that, and and I use the word undermine, because today, if we're not careful, there's a lot of things that's happening in our world that does underline. It does underline traditions. It does underline uh, ceremonial things. It does even underline truth. So there again, I have to give credit to the Puritans for attempting to keep Christmas in a perspective, a holiness of that, of remembering the birth of Jesus. Now, let's say this. We know, all of us, that December the 25th is not necessarily the birth date of Jesus. And we could go and we could talk about the date and who and things that it does represent. But let's let's go back and stay with our thought about the significance of Christmas. Is the Christmas tree of any significance that we can relate to truce? I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting <laughs> that we can re- be reminded that Jesus was hung on a tree. There's two scriptures that I want to give you real quickly, if I can find them. And one of them is in Acts chapter number um, 5. Acts chapter number 5, we find in that passage of scripture, and I believe it's verse um, verse number uh, 29, or is it 30? Uh, 30, verse number 30. It says in Acts 5 and 30, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hung on a tree. And then there's another passage that's in the book of Acts that I want to read to us today. And I apologize. I'm turning the pages. I didn't write this. And sometimes, you know, it's just good to read out of our Bible. In Acts chapter number 13, as you hear me turning the pages of my Bible, we find in uh, verse number 29, it says these words, And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. This is interesting because I want to make the reference of the fact that Jesus died on a cross, that he died on a cross, but the scripture even says that it was a a tree. Matter of fact, if we went to the Old Testament, we would find that anything that hung on a tree, anyone that was put to death on a tree was cursed. And that reminds me of the importance of Jesus dying on the cross. He became that curse for you and me to take away the sin of the world. That's glorious. That's wonderful. And when I look at the Christmas tree, I think of the cross. No, I don't see the cross bars, but I think of the cross. I think about the cross that Jesus bore to Calvary. I think about all the suffering. 
I think about all the pain. But there again, when we place the Christmas tree up, we look at it as a as a symbol of bringing joy and bringing laughter and bringing that of remembrance of, of how we ought to love one another and, and, and give some things of that nature. Now, with that said, also I want to bring in something that that I thought was interesting about Scripture. In the uh, book of Leviticus, chapter number uh, 23, and verse number 40, if you don't have your Bible, you're not following us with the Bible right now. If you want to jot these scriptures down and go back to them in another time, it would be great. And it says, And ye shall take you on the first day the boughs of God, uh, of goodly trees and branches of the palm trees and the boughs of thick trees and willow of the brook, and ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in a year. It shall be a statue for ever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate in the seventh month. Now, when I look at verse number 42, it tells them that they shall dwell in booths for seven days, and all Israelites born shall dwell in the booths. Now, I know this is Old Testament scripture, and I want to put this in the perspective of that of context. But yet, I want to make a comparison that I think that's something that's important because this is talking about the Feast of Tabernacles that is observed in the fall. Now, I just want to go ahead and throw something out, whether you agree with me or disagree with me. I believe personally that Jesus possibly was born in that of the fall or Septemberish area of our calendar. With that being said, we find the fall feast of Israel, the nation of Israel, and there's three main feasts that all the males were asked to, to come back to Jerusalem, and we find that's Passover, we find that's Pentecost, and that is the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, this passage of Scripture that I've shared with you in Leviticus, chapter number 23, verses 40 through 42, it's talking about that of the Feast of Tabernacles. It's talking about the Feast of Tabernacles, which would have been observed for at least eight days in the Jew, from one Sabbath to the next. And with that being said, it's it's understood they would have built booths. They actually would decor it with greenery. It is one of the most beautifulest things I've ever seen. Uh, the the uh, booths or uh, what they call the sukkahs. And they will celebrate. They will eat and they will dance and they'll have festivity. But it's talking about the ingathering, how there's been the great harvest and they're tabernacling together and, obs and observing and being reminded of coming out of Egypt and living in tents and living in, in the wilderness. Folks, I want to tell you today, we have a scripture that's just right in our Bible that we need to be reminded of. And it is a familiar scripture to many of us. And no, we don't have the Christmas uh, story or the Christmas event in the book of John. But we do find a scripture, and I call this the Christmas scripture. I call this the Christmas scripture in the Gospel of John. And it's verse number 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And actually that word there, dwelt among us, is talking about that he tabernacled with us. 
And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen, isn't that beautiful? We're finding actually where Jesus came and tabernacled. When you go back to Leviticus chapter number 23, it talks about how they took the green, they took the trees, they took those things, and they decored. And here we know that that's talking about him tabernacling with us. And John 1, 14 talks about he come to tabernacle with us. And yes, there's going to be a glorious tabernacling with him as we are the temple with him in that of eternity. The lamb and his bride shall be the temple therein. Well, don't let me get off on that. Bless God. Hallelujah. That's glorious and within itself. But let's give some thought for the next few moments of some things that I think that is significant that we could consider with that of the Christmas tree, with the message of the real event of Christmas. First of all, when we look at the tree, we can see that it is green or the traditional Christmas tree would have been green. And I know people get into all kinds of different colors now and all kinds of things with artificials. But there again, the tree itself is green. And that, I believe, could signify everlasting life or eternal life or that of life itself. And we know that Jesus came to give life and give it more abundantly. When I look at the Christmas tree, and I know a lot of people, they put, uh, like, like we said a few moments ago, it's believed that Martin Luther, the reformer, could have been the first that put lighted candles uh, on the tree. But there again today, people decor the Christmas tree with that of lights. Uh, we ourselves, we decor ours with just white lights. But there's people that like all different colors of lights. Some people maybe just one color of lights on their tree. But that reminds me that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And then, of course, we, we put garland or we wrap the tree with garland. And it reminds me of Jesus in the manger being wrapped in swaddling clothes, representing that he was the Lamb of God because they would have wrapped baby lambs or used when they were born so that it would protect them, especially if they were going to be a sacrifice later. So we understand that swaddling clothes would have been garments that would have been placed around those lambs when they were born that would protect them, protect their limbs their legs uh, from any harm. We find today also, as we look at the Christmas tree, how that we place a star or we may place an angel. <laughs> that reminds me of the events of the time of the birth of Jesus. How that the angels came and they gave the message, or Gabriel to Mary and to Joseph, that they were going to have a babe. And then not only that, but the angels came to the shepherds and told them where to go and what sign to look for, that they would find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Then not only that, we also understand that the stars themselves, or the star, reminds us of how the wise men, that would have been men of wisdom, men of learning, that they would have recognized a star, whether it was planets coming together, constellations or whatever, that were coming together, to make that star which represented royalty. And these men knew what they were looking for as they come inquiring 
for the king. The king. There's a newborn king. Hallelujah. And then as we not only have a star maybe upon our tree, it reminds us that. Also, I want to just emphasize what we place under our tree. What we place under our tree, we place gifts. We place those things that we purchase and should purchase or should buy or give because we care about somebody. I hope that our mentality is not that we just give so that we can get. It ought to be because we love people. We ought to do it because we care. My wife and I, we, we love giving to our grandchildren. Sometimes I wish we could do more. But just the thought to be able to take and give them something at Christmas brings joy to our hearts. And we know that when you've got a grandchild that or a great-grandchild that's three years old, unless they color you something, you're not going to get a gift back from them. But just to be able to express your love to your grandchildren or your children or loved, loved ones or people that you care about. That reminds me of the love that Jesus had for us to step out of heaven. It reminds me of the love of God that he was willing to give his son upon a cross for my and your sins today. With that thought in mind today, as you look at every gift that's under your tree, don't be so wrapped up in the Christmas wrap other than the fact that under that wrap is the surprise of what you might not know. But see, even with the message that I brought forth just a moment ago about the swaddling clothes, if we don't know that real message of why Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes, representing that he was the Lamb of God that would be sacrificed, it's just like having a gift. Let's emphasize the gift. We may not, we, we, we sometimes, we, we make so much emphasis about the size of the gift. We make so much emphasis about the, the wrapping paper and those kind of things. And one year, just out of fun, I took the, I took the, the paper. I took our local paper, the Winston-Salem Journal. Every, every uh, Sunday, the comics strips would be in color and as it got closer to christmas i began to take those comic strips and i wrapped every christmas paper a christmas gift in the uh in the comic strips just for fun especially the, the children but there again <laughs> let's remember the importance of the gift today and then also it's been brought to my attention that i really had not gave thought so I'm giving a thought that somebody else said. The Christmas tree itself should remind us of the Trinity. It should remind us because of the shape of the tree. It should remind us of the Trinity. And then I've never gave this any thought, but I also heard this. A few years ago, some people uh, began to uh, advertise uh, actually hanging your tree upside down. And I thought, that is weird. Well... There's those that have done it, and they have done it for the purpose, first of all, of saving room in their house or space. I understand, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that took place in Europe. But also, there are those that have done that because it reminds them of Jesus and his death, him being hung upon a tree, and his resurrection. Well, you say, well, those are kind of strange thoughts. Well, it makes us think, and that's what we ought to do. 
Not that we're just talking about a story. We're talking about live event that Jesus stepped out of heaven and he came to be that Christ child and was that Christ child. And he died for you and me later in his life. And God, his father, raised him from the dead. No matter how deep, how cruel, and how ruthless that punishment on the cross was, and it being a curse because Jesus being hung on that tree, thank God there is victory. There is life. There is a light that shineth yet in the darkness, and it is the light of the world, and it's Jesus. There's no way that I could exhaust everything that we could consider or think about the Christmas tree today. But I do want to close with this thought. There's one thing that we place on our Christmas tree. And I've mentioned about putting garland on the Christmas tree. And we put a red garland on our Christmas tree. And as my wife many times begins to uh, place that on the tree and then I help her wrap it and this year the grandkids done most of the Christmas decorating on our tree but as I began to see that red wrap around that green tree it reminds me of something that I never want to forget and that's how that there is a bloodline there is a bloodline that is from the Old Testament to that of who Jesus is that he came and he shed his blood. We find there was a promise in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, how that there would be, the enemy would have his head crushed and the heel of Jesus would be uh, smitten or bitten. But there again, the enemy has been defeated. Jesus came as 1 John chapter 5, I believe it is, and verse 8 tells us that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Glory to God today. Folks, let's be reminded of the power of the precious blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. And today I want you just to take some time and just sit down and I want you just to think about what message there is in the Christmas tree. Yes, no matter what you believe or no matter how you accept the Christmas tree being a part of Christmas, would you just for a moment think about the significance of the events that could be moments and points of truth with the significance of the Christmas tree? Even if you're listening to this podcast and it's another time of the year, I hope that it will remind you of the real reason that we celebrate Christmas. Remember, Christ is the reason for this season. God bless you, and if you are listening to this at Christmas, I wish you and your family and all the Foundational Faith family a very, very, very Merry Christmas. God bless you, and we want to encourage you to let us know that you're listening Also, you can reach us at PastorHarry8700 at Yahoo.com. And we just encourage you to get in touch with us. Amen. And let us know that you're listening. Also, share this podcast with someone else. Maybe even you would want to sit down with some of your family, your children, and share this particular podcast in reference to the Christmas tree. God bless you. 
and we'll be talking with you very soon again. Merry Christmas.